Welcome to the Yoga Inspired Life podcast. I'm your host, Shayla Quinn, and together we'll go on a journey of self-discovery as we explore all of the inner workings of what it means to live an inspired life. Join me for solo episodes and conversations with special guests for real, authentic deep dives into all things yoga, wellness, self-love, mindfulness, and everything in between. If you're ready to get inspired, learn, grow, evolve, to connect, and up-level your life, then you've come to the right place. I am beyond excited that you're here, so let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm very excited about today's episode because it is the first episode of 2022 with a guest. And this might just be one of my favorite episodes. I feel like I say that every time I have someone on, but I guess that's what happens when you chat with all of the people that you admire, appreciate, and love, huh? Anyway, today's episode is with international breathwork and meditation teacher and the founder of the Academy of Breath, Ava Johanna. In this episode, Ava gives us a breakdown of what breathwork is and the benefits, as well as some tips for practically integrating it into your everyday life. We got into divine feminine and divine masculine energy, wounded feminine and masculine energy, how to create better balance energetically, and so much more. I truly enjoyed this conversation with Ava, and I hope that you do too. So without further ado, Let's get into today's episode with Ava Johanna. Ava, welcome to the Yoga Inspired Life podcast. I'm super excited to have you. I feel like this is going to be so much fun. And I know. that this conversation is like probably a long time coming. A long uh, time coming. <laughs> so I thank know. you for having me. Yes, I'm, I'm happy to have you. And we already just were speaking off air and we finally decided, wait a minute, what are we doing? We need to just start this now. <laughs> this is already, already off to a good start and already moving quickly with so many good little nuggets of wisdom. So for those in my community who are not familiar with you, I would love if you could just introduce yourself and share about who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a meditation and breathwork instructor. I've been teaching meditation and breathwork and yoga as well for the past, I think it's been like six or seven years now, which is super cool. Um, And over the past two years, as you know, the world was shutting down, and I think a lot of us were starting to ask, you know, what is this bigger purpose that I have? Um, I am so grateful that one day I was sitting in meditation and had a vision of creating a certification program and teaching others how to teach meditation and breath work and really be able to create a ripple effect from these practices that had so greatly impacted my life. Um, and I jumped on that idea really quickly. I think within a couple of days, I had a um, full outline of the Academy of Breath. And um, since then, which was beginning of 2020, we have certified over 260 students. I think we have like over 275 now enrolled. And it has been such a gift to bring meditation and breath work to different communities and to see really the momentum that has taken off from when I first experienced breath work in a yoga class at the very beginning of my, you know, self-love and personal development journey to where it's at today. And it's been an honor to be someone at the forefront of that path, teaching people and bringing breath work and meditation to the world in a really accessible way that 
blends both the modern science and research that is emerging more and more and more every day with the really ancient mysticism and spiritual origin of um, meditation, pranayama, pranayama, which is breathwork and uh, meditation. I love that. It sounds like it was a divine download when it all just comes through. Yes. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. That was like my program for me. I had this quick idea and it was all written out and outlined. And I was like, this is crazy. It just was oh, all yeah. flowing out of me. So I love that. It's And it seems like you are definitely fulfilling your purpose and being of service and all of those things that are incredibly fulfilling in life to be able to do. So I love that. If someone is new to breathwork or they don't know really anything about breath work, how would you describe it to them? Yeah. So, I mean, we're breathing all the time, duh. <laughs> mm-hmm. but most of us aren't consciously breathing. We're not consciously taking control of our breath in a way that allows us to become empowered on a moment to moment basis. You know, most of the world is breathing incorrectly and has forgotten how to really utilize the capacity of their lungs to be healthy, to experience vitality, to experience a greater sense of energy or clarity or calmness or creativity. And these are all the pieces that the breath can really offer us. And so the different breathwork techniques that I teach, you are probably very familiar with as a fellow yoga teacher, um, are from the Hatha yoga tradition. They're pranayama techniques that are really simple and easy to incorporate into every single day, either before you meditate or on their own. Um, Maybe if you're sitting in the car or if you just got a shitty email from somebody and you need to calm down, these practices are really meant to bring you to a place of equanimity in the body and in the mind. Um, And there's been tons and tons of research that backs how the breath is interwoven to the autonomic nervous system, which is essentially our fight or flight versus our rest and digest. And so when we utilize different breathing techniques that again, control the breath, we can either bring ourselves into a a relaxation response that rest and digest, or we can also use the breath as a way to increase our zone of tolerance so that we can handle stress and handle anxiety. um, when we're just moving throughout our day at a greater level. Mm -hmm. You know, I always think it's so funny that so many of us do go throughout our days, weeks, months, years, not ever really intentionally breathing, not thinking Mm -hmm. about it at all yet. It's one of the most significant things, right? It's the Mm -hmm. first thing we do when we arrive earthside and it's the last thing that we do before we leave. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it is so powerful and it is something that I wish we were taught earlier on because it can change the way we experience life and situations. Yeah. I mean, it's so wild. If you go into, I mean, you see this in yoga classes. I see this when I go to the gym you can see how many people are not breathing correctly Mm. or, you know, only, only breathing in and out of their chest, which is only exasperating the stress response. Yeah. And that happens because we're constantly taking in the outside world and the stressors of our modern lifestyles. Mm -hmm. So it's not anyone's fault. It's just the body's response to stress. But if you knew that you had a tool that you could use literally over only five minutes a day, that would actually allow you to experience less stress, um, greater health, you know, a stronger immune system, more balanced hormones, um, 
less aging over time, like you would take the time to reteach yourself how to breathe and to really mindfully go throughout your bit, your day, checking in with like, how am I breathing? Oh, I haven't taken a breath in a while. Or, Oh, Mm. I'm holding my breath right now as I'm answering this email or as I'm like posting on Instagram, it's little things like that, that make such a big difference in your awareness around the breath. And from that space of awareness, we can create change. Totally. Speaking of that, Guide us through taking a, a good old breath right now, mm, would you? Because yes, 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 <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm holding my breath a little as we're, start, as we're talking about it. I'm like, oh, you're doing it. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for everybody that's listening, I want you to place a hand on your belly, your lower abdomen, and a hand on your heart. And we're going to be breathing in through the nose. And let's, we'll take three breaths together. So breathe in through your nose and first breathe all the way down into your belly. So your belly is expanding like a balloon. And when the belly can't expand any further, breathe up through the rib cage and all the way up into your chest. Then exhale to release either out of the mouth or out of the nose. We'll do that two more times. Inhale through your nose, down into your belly, through the rib cage, all the way up into your chest. Exhale to release. And last time, deep inhale through your nose into the belly, all the way up into your chest. Exhale to release. And that's it. That's how Literally, simple as it could be. Like taking a Xanax. <laughs> Literally, I know. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm feeling good right now. And I'm actually yeah. podcasting from bed. I could just tip right over and relax. Yes. If we could all just start our mornings off like that, or even, oh, yeah. I think a lot of times people refrain from engaging in certain practices because they think it needs to be this long, intricate totally. to do. And it's mm-hmm. like, guys, if you just did what I just did with her, which I hope that you did that, I feel so much more grounded and calm and centered, even just starting your day off with three intentional breaths like that would make such a huge difference. Oh yeah. I, before I wake up and like move my body in the morning, I always will put a hand on my heart and a hand on my belly and just take three slow breaths because that sets a tone for the rest of my day. You know, hundred percent. You know, um, I think that it's, it's so simple. And like, to your point, the like resistance around breath work or the resistance around like intricate practices or, or the idea that practices have to be Mm. intricate. Mm. You know, I think that in, in the spiritual and, and, and world of yoga, you know, most breath work that we see is holotropic or is like the two-part transformational breath that David Elliott teaches, which are both phenomenal practices that have a time and a place. But if that's what we think is like the only type of breath work, then yeah, of course we're going to think, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to, you know, look for a workshop. That's going to be a 90 minute workshop, or I could never do those practices on my own. So just know that there are so many different styles of breath work that literally can take anywhere from like two minutes to again, an hour. So Mm -hmm. there are, there's a breathwork practice that will meet you where you're at on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And doing 
it in a way that really serves you and that's sustainable for you is better than not doing it all. If you ask me, yeah, I say that about meditation too. For me, for most of the time, most of the year, what works best for me is to just sit up in bed and meditate. Mm -hmm. If I tried to, I got to sit on my meditation cushion and I got to do this and that for some reason I never make it. So it's like, maybe right now you just sit up in bed and meditate, or you, like you said, before you get up and grab your phone and run out into the day, you place a hand on the heart and a hand on the belly and take three deep breaths. And maybe that's your practice right now. Mm. Isn't that a good way to start rather than skipping it all together? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yesterday I was thinking about it because for me, one of the biggest focuses and intentions of my life right now is to live inspired. So hello, I'm here on the yoga inspired life podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And yesterday I started hearing myself say, Oh, Ava, you should, you should sit down and meditate Mm. in the morning. And it just didn't feel good to me. And I knew I was going to get to the practice at some point of the day. Granted, I've been meditating and practicing breath work every single day for a while now. So I actually crave the practice. I don't have resistance there. It's more just Mm -hmm. again, going back to what's working for me. Mm -hmm. I don't think with any of these practices, we should be doing them from this place of, I should do this. I'm shaming myself. I'm guilting myself. Or I saw someone online say that you have to do this every day in this exact way. And I'm not doing it correctly, or I have to do it this way. Um, the thing that I always come back to is reminding ourselves that like these practices and this life overall is a gift. So getting up and like pushing yourself up in bed and sitting to meditate, that is a gift stretching, like opening up your hips. That is a gift doing breath work. That is a gift drinking your cacao or your matcha. Those are all gifts that we have. And so anytime that it starts to become uninspiring, I just remind myself like every aspect of this is a gift that I'm giving to myself. So I'm Mm -hmm. going to treat it that way. And when it doesn't feel good, I'm not going to force myself to do something because it's not going to have the effect that I want it to have. I'm going to be resentful throughout it. Defeats the purpose too. Yeah, exactly. To to be of service to yourself or, you know, for it to serve you in a positive way. And if it becomes this should or task that you need to tick off, I'm like, maybe that's not the right choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, speaking of giving yourself gifts and receiving something that I really want to talk to you about is divine feminine energy. Mm. It's something that I don't know a whole lot about, but I started to intuitively notice that I really embody a lot of masculine energy, Mm -hmm. mostly because I think I've dissected this, but you can tell me what you think. Okay. (laughs) Um, Mostly because, you know, I was in a toxic and abusive relationship for four years where I really had to protect myself and fight and had my dukes up. It was physically abusive, emotionally abusive, all the things. And it was really traumatic. And I was very much so in this state of fight or flight and protection mode additionally was doing bottle service and nightclubs, not sleeping well, just not taking care of myself at all. And I used over packing my schedule, overdoing, overdoing everything as a coping mechanism Mm -hmm. and not receiving because I just learned how to serve and, and give and never stopping to slow down over the summer started to notice, wow, this is not serving me anymore. And I started to feel like I was blocking myself from manifesting more and expanding and up-leveling more because I wasn't allowing myself to settle 
and be and receive. I'm just in this doing mode. So let's talk about what masculine and feminine energy is, because I think when people hear that they just think male and female, but it's, it's not really about that as I've come to understand it. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, because we don't understand these different types of energies and how they can get out of balance and what they are or what the qualities are, we can be operating from this really imbalanced place. So Mm -hmm. I would love for you to give us all the deets on this. (laughs) Yeah. Well, first and foremost, thank you for sharing. And I just see you in that whole experience. And I know that you've done so much work around all of that. And Mm -hmm. yes, absolutely. I mean, it's being hypervigilant, right? Because you're not safe. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether it's in the relationship or doing bottle service and not knowing like who's around you, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't have the ability to soften and to relax yeah. because you have to protect yourself, right? You have to mm-hmm. be the one holding the energy of your space as a mechanism of survival. And that's really what the masculine is. You know, there's aspects of the masculine that are um, more wounded. Mm -hmm. And there's aspects of the masculine that are, that are divine. And so in a lot of cases in our modern world today, what we're seeing is like wounded masculine, which is like the hypervigilant, like I am not safe. So I have to hustle and I have to grind and I have to, you know, I have to like make sure that I keep moving, moving, moving. And sometimes that can also come up as like being very egoic. You know, if we look at like Mm -hmm. the general temperature of our society now, it's like very wounded masculine. Um, Whereas on the other hand, like divine masculine, like that pure masculine energy really simply is on one side of the spectrum, this pole that is the container, right? So masculine energy is what contains everything. It's, it's consciousness. It's what's beneath the, um, the, the energy and this, and, and the universe, it's what's holding the space of our, um, of, of everything that's happening. And so on one side of the pole, we have masculine, which is like consciousness. And so if you don't feel comfortable saying masculine and feminine, um, as you mentioned, it's not gender specific. We all contain these energies within us, but you can say consciousness is on one side. That's, that's the masculine on the other side is energy, right? And that would be like the feminine. Um, And we have this entire spectrum in between both poles where you can kind of play and you might be more dominant masculine or more dominant feminine. Um, I know for myself as well, I definitely had dominating masculine energy as a way to protect myself, Mm -hmm. as a way to control, you know, wounded masculine is really controlling without allowing for um, flexibility, like very inflexible, you know, super rigid. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So it's like note for anyone listening, it's noticing like, how am I with control? Mm -hmm. What happens if something is out of my control? How do I respond? That's going to give you, yeah, yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And freak out. Um, yeah, that's, so that's a really great way to look at like, Ooh, how do I feel about control? Am I flexible or am I really inflexible when something's not going my way? Mm -hmm. Um, another beautiful aspect of the masculine before I move on to feminine is like leadership qualities, right? Like Mm -hmm. I will lead you. So Mm -hmm. if anyone is, um, you know, a leader, a coach, a healer, an entrepreneur, you want to be in your masculine, you know, like when you are leading your, your groups, when your program, you're in your masculine holding the Mm -hmm. container so that 
everyone inside of that container feels safe to soften and to receive and doesn't have their walls up. So there's benefits to both sides. You know, it's not being focusing on like the divine feminine embodiment doesn't mean that we completely shut out the divine masculine. What we really want to do is find harmony between both. Um, which I feel like is a work in progress um, at all times. (laughs) So that's like divine masculine. Again, on the other side of the, of the spectrum is divine feminine, which is more of that like energy intuition. It's always changing. It's very fluid. It's like water or, or clouds or smoke or air. Um, Mm. And divine feminine is really the creator that is inside of us or the creation as well. And so when it comes to incorporating like the divine feminine in our lives, it's, it's following the intuition, right? It's intuition first and then strategy second. So I receive the guidance and I trust in what I'm receiving from within me. And then I use my masculine to take steps forward to initiate or to execute on my creativity or on my intuition. So that's more divine feminine and sometimes divine feminine or excuse me, wounded feminine could come up in like not having boundaries, not being Mm. able to receive Um, again, not feeling safe in letting your walls down. So being again, being very rigid, a lot of the wounded qualities are very similar in both of them, because in a lot of ways, also the divine masculine and the divine feminine are kind of like the union of our, of our greatest qualities of our Mm. divinity. Um, So as you are diving into both feminine and masculine qualities, it's really finding that balance of being open, being flexible, you know, being inspired, taking initiative, um, learning how to receive. And I think that's something that we'll probably dive into more, uh, learning how to receive and to really um, flow instead of push. Mm. or like force or reach for something, you know? Um, and again, it's like a work in progress practice that we kind of, it's the way that I see it is like, what are those, the scales with the, uh, the lawyers always have them. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're called, but I know what you mean. Um, I mean, I guess they're just like like the Libra scales. Exactly. Exactly. Um, there's, there's the balance there, Mm -hmm. right. That we want to find. And sometimes we're required to be more in our masculine and sometimes we're required to be more in our feminine. And so it really is a beautiful way to approach how we live our life and, um, also how we are in relationships and in business too. Totally. And I, there's no such thing as constant balance. Like you're always balancing, right? You're always tapping in and tuning in to see where am I at? What do I need more of? What do I need less of? Mm -hmm. Um, I think for myself, and I know a lot of people can relate is I think the issue comes in when you get to a point and you recognize, wow, I've been living really out of balance and I've been unaware of that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, like a great example would be if someone is like too much in their feminine Mm -hmm. that they like, I am so guilty of this over the past few months. Um, but it was necessary (laughs) was just like being in creative flow, but not like taking really anything, taking it past like my own creative flow or my own healing. So what I see and had seen a lot with my um, business coaching clients was that they had all of these great ideas, but they wouldn't execute. They Mm. wouldn't take initiative. And so in that case, it's like, yeah, you are out of balance because you do need some of that fire. You do need some of that like energy to execute that 
you would call on your divine masculine to bring forward. What are some good resources for people listening if they want to learn more about how to access one or the other or want to learn more about the divine feminine and divine masculine energies? So I, this is more like relationship wise, but I think that, that, um, David Data and John Wineland give the best kind of overviews of masculine and feminine energy. Um, they do so more so from relationships than mm-hmm. like if you wanted to like look at it from business, but relationships is a great place to start because yeah. we're in relationship with everything, right? It yeah. might be with a friendship, it might be um, like an actual partnership. So I love John Wineland and David Data um, for polarity work and as far as business, you have some goes, good podcast episodes on it. I though do. That's actually where I yeah. first listened and I will link it in the show notes. You guys listening. Cool. Find it. Those are good yeah. episodes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the like pushing and forcing thing is so ingrained in our society, mm. you know, especially for us in LA. It's yeah. like, that's literally what everyone glorifies. And if you're not doing it, you're made to feel wrong and lazy and like behind everyone else. Even my childhood, I learned really early on. I didn't grow up with much and I learned how to get up, get out and get what I wanted. I started working before it was legal to work. You know, I had a worker's permit and it was like, you know, my mom tried to give me everything she could, but I had to really work hard. I had to teach and trade for dance classes and help out this lady for five bucks or do this or that. And so I learned from very, a very young age that I needed to make shit happen or wasn't going to happen. And now I'm all of a sudden having to unlearn Mm -hmm. and, and understand that yes, do the thing, but also allow. Yeah. And trust that you don't have to have your hands in everything and push and force and dig your heels in. I think that that's part of why I was, was in an abusive relationship for so long, because I would not stop trying to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't let go. I was forcing, I was like, ah, and it's, I think that whether or not you're in an abusive or toxic situation, it can be with anything where you're hitting a wall. That is a sign that is a red flag to, Mm -hmm. to let go and kind of let it be a little yeah. bit. I think we already know, you know, like I think about earlier this year when I was still like, I was teaching and embodying a lot of the divine feminine in my business. Mm-hmm. And still at the same time, there were undercurrents of continuing down a path that I knew was no longer in alignment for me. So like perfect example at the beginning of the year last year, I, um, had a like plant medicine journey Mm -hmm. and I heard so loud and clear that I was supposed to devote all of my time, like all of my energy. And as far as my business goes to the Academy of breath. And I remember even sitting there in meditation and being like, but the business coaching is so easy. I've been doing it for so long. People know me as this. And I heard, even, even though I was saying that I heard loud and clear, you will be supported beyond what you can even fathom if you devote yourself to AOB. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And I didn't listen, Mm. even though I received that message and I continued to receive that message. And it wasn't that, you know, things didn't work at all, Mm -hmm. but I could feel that wall that Mm -hmm. you speak of. I can feel that like it started grinding your gears. Yeah. Yeah. 
And like, it just stopped working in the same way that it was. It didn't entirely stop working. It just wasn't working as well as it used to. Mm -hmm. And then finally I got to the point where I was like, I'm literally like putting myself through torture. Like Mm -hmm. my ego is coming up so much launch after launch after launch. Like I already, I already know, I already received the exact guidance as to where to go. Why am I not trusting? Why am I not feeling safe and listening to myself and like really trusting myself? And I think that's a big part of it is that like, we haven't been taught to trust, like that it's safe to trust ourselves. Mm -hmm. And even in certain situations and experiences, we learned how to be distrustful, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's, yeah, it's re reacquainting ourselves with ourselves and, and remembering that we are being held and guided and taken care of. That's a hard thing to do though. That takes surrendering, which I think kind of comes back to really embodying that divine feminine energy and Mm -hmm. connecting with that creative side. Yeah. And surrendering doesn't mean that you have to give up. It's just like, totally knowing that I think the thing that I I always come back to is like, if there was more for me to do, I would receive the guidance to do it. So don't just like keep going and keep pushing and keep bringing mindless tasks onto your daily list. Like if you are inspired to do something, go and do that thing. If you are getting guidance to go somewhere or to reach out to somebody or to do whatever it might be, go do that. But you don't need to like just do things because other people are doing it or because Mm -hmm. you think that like you should do it. That's how we start to burn out. That's how we lose disconnect or how we start to disconnect with ourselves and our intuition. And that's when we end up in that like wounded masculine because there's no intentionality behind it. There's no inspiration behind it. There's no why behind it. And the beauty of surrendering and like really like embodying that divine feminine is that you're still showing up. You're still, you know, executing, you're still doing the work that you know you should do. It's just led by your intuition. It's led by that voice inside of you that's saying like, Hey, that would be a good idea. Or, Ooh, what about doing this versus like something outside of you? I'm anticipating a question coming (laughs) from listeners. How do you know when you're ignoring an intuitive sign or nudge to do something or not do something? That's such a great question. So I'm sure it's different for everyone, but yeah, I think it is, but it isn't, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I think that the way that we might receive intuitive guidance is different for everyone, but I think Mm -hmm. the way that we ignore it is the same. And I think the way that we ignore it is through excuses. I think the way that we ignore it is by listening to whatever thought comes after the intuition, which is usually fear or um, someone else's voice, like your dad's voice or your mom's voice or Mm -hmm. whoever raised you's voice or a teacher from when you were a child. Um, What I find is that the inspiration or the intuition might say like, go do this. And then usually it's a voice that's like, "Eh, you don't have to do that for 100%, you know, and I think that we all have that voice inside of us. And and you know, and you know when it's happening, I'll give you a great example. I was telling you this before we, we hopped on officially. I've been looking at moving to New York and I've been going back and forth for months about it weeks at this point, but it feels like months. Um, I found an apartment. What is time anyways? <laughs> I found an apartment and it had pretty much everything I was looking for. And I've gotten to the point where it's time to, I, I need to decide, like, am I going to give 30 days and move? Am I not It's getting more real now? I'm talking to someone that, that's going to rent me the apartment 
yada, yada. My friend goes and looks at, at it for me. And then I get to the point where it's time for me to take the plunge. And I've been seeing signs to go everywhere. I look, mm-hmm. everyone yeah. keeps bringing it up. It's happening everywhere, right? This is the beauty of manifestation. Yeah. <laughs> you start to get those signs. And then all of a sudden in the moment, I didn't realize it, but like uh, there was a little lag time, like five minutes later, I'm like, Sheila, what the fuck? My fear was like, you know what though? There's gray countertops and you really wanted white. And mm. I start making these little excuses and I'm yeah. like, and the bedroom's really small. Yeah. Maybe you should, you know what, this is going to be too much. And it was all these, like you just said, all, all these little excuses. And I started to, I caught myself like you are talking yourself out of this. You had the intuitive feeling when you were there, you felt super inspired. This has felt so exciting and good. And yeah, it's a little uncomfortable and scary, but the fear, that little voice started to speak to me and come up with all of these really, honestly, very lame excuses because who the fuck cares about the gray counters? And isn't that so tricky though, that it's like literally has nothing to do with fear. It's just like the gray countertops, you know, it's like the thing that my fear was able to latch on to. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Ooh, this will get her. (laughs) This isn't what you wanted. This wasn't on your vision board. And I'm like, but it didn't bother me before. Like, why am I all of a sudden Mm. starting to talk myself out of these things? And I, so yeah, you're right. We all have that little voice. And I think that if we can think about certain times when we're about to take a leap or when we are feeling super inspired and feeling that intuitive nudge to do something, I think we can think back and recognize on the flip side, those moments or that little voice or those feelings of doubt and fear and all of that stuff creeping in, trying to talk ourselves out of it. The trick is to fucking ignore it and take the leap anyway. Yeah. And just, yeah. I mean, it's like giving that part of you so much compassion too. It's mm. like, Oh, honey, honey. I know. Totally. You're such a sweetie. I love you so much. What do you, <laughs> what is it that you're actually scared of right now? Let's get to the bottom of like, what's really here because this isn't it. It's not about mm-hmm. the gray countertop. 100%. You know? And it's like, from there, it's like, okay, actually there's this part of me that is scared that maybe I, and maybe it's really hard to meet people or, you know, mm-hmm. what if, what if business doesn't work out and I, and I get myself into a situation where I can't support myself and it's like, oh, okay. That's like, what's really here. Right. And underneath that, it's like a feeling of, Ooh, am I enough? Or mm. am I really supported? Totally. You know? And so it's such a fear is actually like the greatest gift that we have because it's pointing us in the direction of a new way to heal and a revelation that we can have. And when we can look at fear as just like a character within our heads and not the main like star, then Mm. it can actually just be like a compass to a place where we still can grow. And what a gift it is to know that there are places where we still can grow and it's not just blind spots anymore. Like fear is always just like, Hey, here's something else that you can work on. Beautiful. Yeah. Let's, let's, it's let's, like, let's go fishing and see if we can catch her today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you shifted your focus more towards Academy of breath. What was the fear around that? And what was the process of that, of letting go of you were doing business coaching, right? Mm-hmm. Additionally. Yeah. yeah. What was that like? Because you mentioned having some resistance of trusting that intuitive nudge. 
Yeah. I think for me, it was feeling like if I were to commit to only the Academy of Breath and stop doing my programs and the different containers that I was offering that I would get bored of AOB and then eventually not want to do it at all. And I mean, we've just had such incredible success with the program, not even like financial, but just transformation wise, the people that have gone through this program have said numerous times how they're not the same person that they were when they first entered the program. And that means a lot to know that that was facilitated from this space. And so there's definitely a fear of like responsibility of like, who am I required to become and like sustain that person in order to really like be the leader necessary to guide this ship. And I think that what I, what I realized though, through this like process of like not letting go of the other things was I, I, like the gift of, of not letting go for me was that I really learned how to follow inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I really learned how to discern what I was excited about and what I wasn't excited about. So I could see the difference in how I would feel talking about breath work versus talking about certain elements of like building a business. Mm-hmm. And that gave me such a strong inner compass that I now use entirely to make decisions on what's a yes for me and what's a no for me. Yeah. Also too, it's like, just because you're really good at something and it's working in some ways, doesn't mean you have to do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love the idea of basing your decisions off of what excites me, what feels good. As you said, this life is a gift and it's so important and powerful when you make the choice to treat it as such. And mm-hmm. I just think that a lot of us, myself included at one point, don't give ourselves permission to enjoy and receive and have fun. Like, I don't know if it's because we are addicted to the struggle or we've just trained ourselves to think that we have to hustle, grind it's work. It'll never be enjoyable. Everyone hates work. You know, like what, what are your thoughts on that? Like, I I mean, that's, that's what I was going to say. It's like, that's ingrained in us. I mean, I remember when I was working my corporate job, I literally thought to myself all the time, well, you know, Monday through Friday is not supposed to be enjoyable. You know, no one works their work. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have fun on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I just think that we are at a point right now with how accessible the world has become through the internet, through social media, um, through whatever is growing in like the metaverse. I still don't understand that, um, (laughs) to really have a greater choice of like, what we want to create, what we want to do. I mean, even jobs that you would think you could never do on your own or like do as a freelancer are becoming freelance opportunities now. Like you don't have to work in an office. You don't have to do something that you cannot stand. Like you can create a business. You can create a life. You can create a career based off of, like you said, what excites you. I, um, I had a conversation with this guy in a coffee shop when I was in Austin and, um, it was so fun. I love everyone in Austin. I feel like every time I go out there, I'm just able to drop in with people really quickly. So I meet this guy within like five minutes. I literally am like, so what's, what are your thoughts on intuition? And (laughs) (laughs) so we're having this great conversation and he tells me, you know, I only follow 
what's inspiring to me. I don't place myself in situations or around people that aren't inspiring me because that's not serving them and it's not serving me. And what that has created for me is the ability to be in integrity and to be authentic and for people to really deeply trust that when I'm with them or when I'm doing something that I truly want to be there. And how often do we actually get that? And that conversation I've brought up dozens of times since I've had it and has really left such a profound impact on how I'm choosing to show up so that I really am in integrity with inspiration and with excitement. And what that's done is created such a pure like reciprocity in my relationships and in my business, because I'm not half here. Like I am fully here present with you, Shayla. If I didn't want to be on this podcast or if I was like, yeah, it might be fun. Like maybe, um, it wouldn't be as powerful Mm -hmm. as it is right now. And so I I think for all of us, it's just asking yourself, like, how can I be an even greater integrity with what's inspiring me, whether it be relationships or career or, um, how I'm again, going back to the conversation in the beginning, how I'm spending my day and my rituals and my, Mm -hmm. like my self-care things that I do, because if you are fully a hundred percent present and there for the things in your life, it's going to create such a different experience for you and how you receive and how you perceive also the world in which you live. If someone listening right now is thinking or feeling, I just don't feel inspired. Mm. What, what guidance or tips would you give to help them gain clarity on, on what feels good. Cause I've been there before I've felt completely uninspired. Yeah. I mean, I think we all have, gosh, Mm. this guy's so pretty right now. Um, (laughs) um, I know it just got really dark in my room too. It's like very vibey. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So I, that's actually perfect. That's the thing. It's like, be in the now, like be present. We can only receive from the present moment because the now is all that there actually is. Like you can only receive inspiration if you're here. And so how do you do that? How do you arrive here? Get off your damn phone. Yes. Turn the TV off, Mm -hmm. put some amazing music on, dance around your house. Um, Like even if you have somebody that you live with, like pretend like no one's there and shake your hips, like move your creative energy from your hips and from your sacral chakra, get outside in nature, write out whatever you're feeling on, like try to write poetry, even if it's messy, try to draw, even if it's messy, sing, even if it sounds off key, like do things that bring you like creatively express yourself. That's what has allowed me to find inspiration. And you know what? I'm an okay singer. I'm an okay poet. I'm an okay writer. I'm not very good at drawing at all, uh, but working. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I did a healing session today and it was a new place that I went to. And on the intake form, there was like, draw a picture of yourself. And I was like, oh God. And I, my face looked so scary. And then I was like laying on the table afterwards. I'm like, I think I forgot to put eyebrows on myself. Um, so I love you, it. you don't have to be perfect at creativity. I think that we have so much intimidation around creativity, but what creativity does is really drop you into your right brain, which only exists right here. And right now, like right brain does not have anything to do with linear time. And so when you arrive in the now, when you flex your creative muscles, it brings you into 
an energetic exchange with everything around you. And I think through continual process of bringing yourself to the present moment, you will find inspiration because the present moment is so fucking inspiring. I couldn't agree more. I always try to remind myself in those moments where I'm feeling stuck or stagnant to just stop doing and try to have fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Find joy. Yeah. Even if that has nothing to do with the thing that I'm struggling with, if it's, you know, not related to work, I think that, um, giving yourself permission to just do a thing because it brings you joy, regardless of how productive you think it is, or whether it's related to the thing that you're trying, the problem that you're trying to solve, it's irrelevant. Like how can you get inspired and yeah, move and breathe and get present. It's, it's a challenge though, when you're in it, I know, but, and it feels like that has nothing to do with what I'm trying to solve right now, but it is just the quickest way back to the present and, and back to getting connected. Yeah. I think also like to your point, it's like when you excuse yourself from being so like tunnel vision on something, it really creates space for you to zoom out. I always Mm -hmm. think about, I give this, this imagery and this visualization a lot. It's like playing a game of whack-a-mole, right? If we're like only focused on the one hole that the bowl could come out of, then we're not going to get as high of a score as if we take a moment to zoom out. So I think that like you said, it's like excusing yourself from the task to have fun or to be playful or, you know, any of the things that I suggested allows you to zoom out a bit so that you're not so like intensely focused on solving a problem and can actually like invite in creative solutions. And it kind of comes back to what we were talking about in the beginning of this episode of letting go of what you think it needs to look like Mm -hmm. we were in regards to your practices, but even in the ways that you creatively express yourself and focusing on the way it feels, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be a a beautiful um, art gallery ready picture of yourself. Just draw, just express yourself, let go of what it, it should look like and just let it be what it is. Yeah. Like inner child fun, that kind of stuff. Like yes. I, I literally, I don't even remember what I was doing, but I've, I've found myself so many times just like doing the stupidest shit over the past couple of days and just laughing to myself, like just chuckling, you know, just, <laughs> just a best. quick chuckle because yeah. it's just silly, you know, and I make myself laugh and I bring myself into this moment and I experience joy. And through that, I, again, just simply trust that like the ideas will come, you know, it's like Mm. when we're present, we actually have the ability to listen to this conversation or be in exchange with somebody and receive from that person. Or when you're standing in line at the coffee shop, overhear someone say something and receive from that, you know, if we're heads in the phone or like so obsessed with solving something that we're not even present, then it's going to be a whole lot harder for us to actually receive. Mm-hmm. Speaking of receiving, <laughs> let's, let's touch on it a little, cause this is something I, I struggle with and working on. And since speaking about it with my community, a lot of people struggling with mm-hmm. giving ourselves permission to receive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think especially for women, you know, or those that identify as women, it is, um, you know, selfish to receive. Mm -hmm. Mm, Yeah. And I think that there are so many like simple ways that we can start to expand our capacity to receive. But again, it comes back to what we were talking about earlier is like creating that safety first. So it's safe for us to receive. 
How do we do that? So there's a couple ways. The first that I love is through breath work. Um, again, as I mentioned earlier, breath work is a way to bring your body out of that fight or flight response, which is essentially your nervous system saying, I am not safe into, okay, I am safe. I can stay here. I can play here. I can be present here. And I don't have to be vigilant in my surroundings as a form of survival. So a really simple breathwork practice that you can do to just bring safety into the body is equal ratio breathing or box breath. Um, it's practiced by Navy seals. It's really simple. You'll inhale for a count of five through your nose, hold at the top for a count of five, exhale for a count of five, hold at the bottom on empty for a count of five, even doing that for five minutes. Studies have shown will activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which creates safety in the body and sends happy hormones like serotonin and dopamine all throughout your system. Um, so that's my favorite breathwork practice to do whenever I'm feeling a lack of safety. I just did a sweat lodge in Kauai for the first time and it was so anxiety inducing mm. in the beginning when it like the blankets went down, it was pitch black, it was hot. The Native American drum was being pounded. I was like, I think I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm going to die here. Um, and in that moment, I was like, bring your equal ratio breath in. You got this because when that stress signal starts to go off, I know how to breathe and bring mm -hmm. safety back into my body. Um, so that's one example. Um, the safety piece is just so big, you know, and once we've created that sense of safety in the body, it's really gentle invitations to open ourselves up more. So one way that I practice this as in regards to relationship, um, you know, in when we're in partnership with somebody and, you know, as, as an example, if um, my husband <laughs> is um, going down on me, if I feel myself like kind of start to tense up, I'll say to myself, can I just open up a little bit more? Can I relax a little bit more? Which I think is a really powerful practice. Of course, for anybody who has experienced sexual trauma, speak with a therapist and work with somebody that is, you know, licensed and is, is a professional in it. But for me, having dealt with sexual trauma, that's been a really powerful practice with a partner that I feel safe with, that I trust and that I love that's been around for a while to really help me become better at receiving. And mm -hmm. so that might be, when you are, you know, making out with your partner or, you know, things are starting to get a little bit more serious and you can feel your body start to close off. Can I open up a little bit more? Our bodies are mirrors of the subconscious. So if we don't feel worthy of receiving, our bodies are going to show us that we don't feel comfortable receiving. And the way that it's going to show that is by tightening up, by protecting our heart. So anytime that you feel your body kind of like starting to grow concave around your heart, it's bringing awareness to that, bringing your breath into that and just softening, softening as much as you can little by little by little and being really intentional with it. As far as just asking your body, can I soften a little bit more? Can Even I open a little more practice? Yes. Too. Yeah. I mean, yoga I practice mean, is a beautiful place to like totally. Yes you're in pigeon pose or mm -hmm. in any pose really. And you, if you catch yourself holding energy and tensing up, that's a great opportunity to practice. I'm safe. I can, I can, can I let go a little bit more? Can mm -hmm. I open up a little bit more? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we compare the breath with any of our like embodied movement, 
that's really how we can start to rewire the subconscious. So it's like breath, the movement that we have, even bringing sound in. So what does it feel like to be open and safe to receive? It's probably not like, ah, it's probably more like, ah, I feel safe. And then at the same time, as we're doing all of that cognitive, like on a conscious level, I'm safe right now. I'm here. I can receive, I'm worthy of receiving. It's safe for me to trust myself, whatever it might be um, when we're in that really relaxed and responsive state. And how important is it for us to at least work towards being in a place of receiving? I think it's so important because why would we not, you Mm. know, why would we not want life to be, you know, I, I don't know exactly what it says in the Bible, but I remember reading this somewhere, how like the gift of our humanity is reciprocity to give and to receive. And, you know, just think about how good it feels to give to somebody else. Why would we want to deny somebody else having that feeling of giving to us? It's, it's reciprocity. It's the exchange, you know, and the more that we allow ourselves to soften into, you know, receiving is my birthright. Receiving isn't selfish. Receiving is giving someone an opportunity to do good for me. And I will then pass it on to somebody else then we're really like being in the flow of abundance. Yeah. I feel like too, it comes back to that saying of you can't pour from an empty cup. And so if serving really fills you up, which it does for me, I think, I don't know if it's trauma response or not, but I, I think I find a lot of joy in serving others, but I end up getting really burnt out because I'm not giving or allowing myself to receive at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way. I think that's part of the reason why I started feeling a lack of alignment with my business Mm. coaching was I didn't feel like I was receiving from it. And, you know, for anyone listening that does have their own business, even when you are serving and giving to somebody, you can receive from that as well. Like when I'm teaching AOB and I'm with my, when I'm with my students, I can feel myself receiving just from simply like showing up and leading them. And so know that, the places where you don't feel like you're receiving, you are going to burn out. And Mm -hmm. we do have some say in that as far as unlearning that it's selfish to receive or that receiving comes after you give. Like why, why can't it be at the same time I receive and give all at once? Mm. That's an interesting thing to think about. (laughs) I didn't even realize that I definitely have been holding on to that thought and theory that once I do this, then I can reward myself with this. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, again, old programming. Cool. We just figured something else out that we get to nip. (laughs) Like I have to earn this or that. It's very much so that idea of like, I have to earn rest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people can relate to this, but I have to earn this um, self-care practice or that this bath or that meal or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like a, it's like an unworthiness thing. I'm not worthy until I do this. Like I have to prove myself Mm -hmm. and um, you don't have to prove anything. You are worthy simply because you exist. And I know that sometimes hearing that it's like, well, that's all fine and dandy, but I don't like actually feel that. And so I would just ask anyone, like, 
what is required of you to really like feel worthy without needing anything outside of you to be the thing that makes you feel worthy because everything outside of you is fleeting. Mm -hmm. None of that shit can actually make you feel worthy. And I know that from experience, you know, I had a really successful year. And at the same time, I looked around at my big, beautiful beach house. I looked around at my husband. I looked around at all of the things that I had acquired and I was fucking miserable and I wasn't happy. All of the things that I said, once I get this, once I do this, I will then feel happy. I will then feel fulfilled. I will then feel safe. I got there and I didn't feel happy. I didn't feel fulfilled. I didn't feel safe. And so the worthiness piece, the safety piece, the um, happy piece, like that it's, as people say, it's an inside job. It's not going to come from reaching a certain accomplishment. It's not going to come once you, you know, achieve X, Y, and Z or get into the relationship or move to whatever city, like start now. So that once you receive all of those things, not only is it easier for you to get them because you're already vibrating in the frequency of that, which you desire, but once you get it, you'll bring your fullness to it and it will be so much juicier. What did you do when you found yourself in that place of, I have everything that I said I wanted and that would make me happy and I'm not feeling happy or fulfilled. What did you do to disconnect from that Mm -hmm. old way of thinking or that theory that you had and and find wholeness within yourself? Um, I blew my life up. (laughs) (laughs) I Please um, please do expand on that. (laughs) I, I, started questioning everything. So it was like, okay, I'm not happy. Well, what am I not happy about? Okay. I don't like the financial pressure that I feel living in this house. I don't like the dynamic in my relationship. I don't like the, um, I I don't feel like I'm meant to be in this city anymore. I don't feel like my friendships are like, I don't feel like the people that I'm best friends with really see me for all that I am. And I don't feel like I'm like really being called to the highest, like embodiment of who I know I am when I'm around these people. And so as I started calling out all of these different aspects of my life, I had to take radical action. So I stopped hanging out with certain people. I, again, stopped doing certain work that was feeling like a full no in my body. I had really hard conversations with my husband. We took time apart from each other this year to really like individually grow and so that we could come back and reinvent our relationship together. So it was really hard. It was a Mm. dark night of the soul once I realized all of that. And I mean, it really didn't end until like a couple of weeks ago that I like fully started feeling lightness and like levity again in my life. Um, so I'm not going to say that like, once I had that revelation, it was just like easy to like cut cords. It, like I said, I blew up my life in a lot of ways and it was scary and it really required me to call upon support and to like dive even deeper into my practices, get even closer to God universe. And it didn't happen overnight, but I stayed devoted and I continued showing up even when I couldn't really see what was coming in front of me. And now I don't think that I have like the utmost clarity of like what life is going to look like. Like if someone were to ask me like what my goals are for 2022, I haven't really like looked at that yet because I, 
because I'm very non-committal at this point and because I'm following what's inspired. Yeah. And, um, but I do feel so much more, like I said, just levity in my life and just trust and a deeper sense of trust that like, I'm so supported and all of us are so supported. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the process that I went through. It was definitely a dark night of the soul though. And I, I can only imagine that it was uncomfortable and scary and messy and fucked up and sad and hard and all of those things. But like how worth it is this feeling now of maybe not total alignment, but more aligned than the shit that you were doing before that felt oh. wrong in your body. Like, you yeah. Said. Yeah. I mean, I feel fucking amazing. I yeah. feel so good. And it's like, I do feel totally aligned. I don't, and you necessarily- can feel so good without having it all figured out too. That's yeah, kind of exactly. what I meant. Like exactly. you don't have to have it all planned out. Yeah. I think for a while it was like at the beginning of it, it was like, okay, well in my business, like once I have like more clarity on like the big picture or like another, um, like lightning bolt idea comes in where I just know that it's going to be a success and I feel really excited and inspired by it. Like that's when I'll be feeling good again. Mm. And Mm -hmm. that was still again, placing it outside of me, you know? And so now it's like, I'm not placing any attachment to anything outside of me. My work is in showing up daily, connecting to God, praying, you know, doing my practices, writing, following what's inspired and like focusing on what feels good to me, because that's how I'm going to come into even greater alignment. That's how I'm going to look around and be like, wow, I like fucking love my life. And, um, yeah, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be perfect for you to Mm. feel that sense of inner peace inside of you. And I think that abundance and flow state too is, I hate to say the goal because it's not the goal, but it is the goal to feel in flow and to feel settled and inspired at the same time and like light, but rooted at the same time. And I think that it's okay to, if you find yourself feeling like things are misaligned or feeling like you're grinding your gears a little bit, even though you have everything you thought you wanted, it's okay to blow it the fuck up and change course. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like totally. I mean, the thing that I realize is like, if life only looks good on paper, but doesn't feel good inside of your being, then you're not doing it right. Mm. Like that's not, that's not what life is about. It's not about how much money you have in the bank. It's not about the zip code you live in. It's not about how many cute yoga clothes that you own, even though I love myself some cute yoga clothes. (laughs) Um, That's not what it's about because if you don't feel happy within again, none of it, none of it matters. It's not going to matter if you change it all out because you're still going to be. Yeah. 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 So like aim for, aim for feeling abundant, Mm -hmm. but not based on outside circumstance, based off of like what energy you're cultivating from within you. And like, that is true feminine magnetism, like playing with your own energy, cultivating your own energy. When you focus on that, literally the world will collapse to give you everything that you need and everything that you desire. And it's from such a juicier place than just like, again, that like forcing and reaching in order for the outside world to make you feel a certain way. You might've already, you probably already did give us examples at whether we realized it or not throughout this episode, this conversation, but just to kind of drive it home. What are some examples of doing that, of cultivating your own energy and playing with your own energy to become super magnetic? 
Yeah. So I, I mean, breath work always, I like more energizing practices for this. So inside of the Academy of breath, we teach about three or four different, like more energizing practices that are really meant to move and cultivate energy and prana in your body. I love those for just like, kind of that, like blast off feeling like super breath high. Um, I love playing from that place. Um, for me, what I've really been into lately is like spoken prayer. So I'll just like be in the car and I'll be speaking prayers over my life. And just like, as an example, just like saying like, God bless me on so many levels, like let abundance and prosperity pour into every single aspect of my life. And as it does, let there be a ripple effect into the people that I pass by on the street and those that are in my direct circle so that they can feel unconditional love and possibility and gratitude fill in the blanks of their life so that they can also create the abundance and prosperity that they see within me. Let me be a source of inspiration. Let me be a source of possibility. Let me be a vessel for divinity to flow through and touch every single person that I meet. And that feels my energy, even if they're just walking past me on the street. And I'll just like, literally like riff like that for like, (laughs) like 15 minutes straight in the car. And I feel like it almost like turns into like spoken poetry in a way, which is really fun. Um, So I'll just do that. And like, even if it's messier, if I say something multiple times, it just like, again, it feels Feels good. good. Yes. And our words are casting spells. Like our words are so powerful and so so letting like yourself, like be really intentional and just like literally like praying and asking for whatever it is that you desire is such a fun way to just like play with your own energy. Um, other like silly things that I do, um, I will like open portals whenever I'm like walking anywhere. So when I was driving down the street the other day, I just like rubbed my hands together, gave some like Reiki energy and just like blasted love in front of my car. And was just like, I'm opening up a portal so that every person that drives through this intersection feels unconditional love or feels just like this like hit of inspiration and um we'll just like imagine a portal opening or when I'm like walking down a trail I'll like go like this with my fingers as if I'm like sprinkling love on the so I love it every single person that walks down this path is going to feel some love um so I'll just do like kind of like sorcery like that yeah. wherever I'm walking where I'm like, I'm just a sorceress. I'm just dropping love everywhere. And I'm just yeah. like using my words to cast spells. Um, so I just like, I think playing with your energy and cultivating energy is just like all about like, how playful can it be? How big can it be? How like love filled can it be? What is like the highest and like greatest good that you can bring into the world, not only for yourself, but for others and um just letting it be simple like simplicity Mm. is the key I'm not doing anything that's like taking me away from my day-to-day these are all things that I do um it's it's bringing intentionality into the things that I already do yeah and refraining from judgment and like giving yourself permission to just have fun because it's fun yeah (laughs) it makes you laugh like it doesn't always have to um bring in, uh, income or be productive or whatever it is. It's like somewhere along the way from childhood to, you know, adulthood, we, we lose this yeah sense of lightness and fun. And I think that that ends up creating a wedge between us and the possibilities of really enjoying our lives and experiencing oh. it in the way that we want. Oh yeah. I mean, I remember 
like even as little as like a month and a half ago, I was like, gotta monetize this, gotta monetize this. Like mm. I can't like, oh, this like new thing that I'm doing, I should monetize this. And I'm like, no, like can't this just be for me to have fun with? Why do I have to like, why am I looking at the ways in which I can like make money off of something mm. that is, and that's not bad, of course, right, right. but it's like, that's not why I'm doing it, you know, it doesn't and, always have to be that way. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and in turn by me not focusing on that, it's going to probably come in overflow. Totally. <laughs> totally. I've even lately, I mean, I was really in, in a habit and in a good flow of showing up on Instagram stories all day, every day. It was fun for me. It felt really good. And then it stopped feeling good. And it yeah. started feeling more of like a task. And I felt even up until today, there are times when I'm like, I just don't really have anything to say, you know, and I've given myself permission to not do it, which is just like, what, you know, but it's like, totally. It's like this idea of letting it be okay to live and do certain things and not, not that I'm monetize every single Instagram story, but you know, it doesn't always have to be about work or what I'm doing, 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 doing masculine energy, doing like, mm-hmm. it's okay to just like live and it's okay to just have fun. And you don't have to share everything with everyone. It doesn't always have to be productive. And, and it's been very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of evenings where I'm like, damn, you did not post anything today. And it's like, Eh, it's okay. The world yeah. will keep turning. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. Like- yeah. And it's reframing the idea that you have to post something in order for people to find your work mm-hmm. and to desire to work with you. It's, and it can be too, in in any job too, it's like yeah. that addiction to checking your email or getting back oh, yeah. to your boss after hours or doing the, going the extra mile, which is amazing. Like we love that. We love someone that wants to give a hundred percent. I think that's amazing to be that dedicated, but it also, it's, it's okay to not do that. If it's mm-hmm. not feeling good, if it's not serving you. Yeah. Boundaries are sexy. Like not only boundaries that we set with other people, those are cool mm-hmm. boundaries that we set with ourselves, Like those are really sexy. Cause that's going to set a tone for how everyone else responds to you. You know, like, are you honoring yourself? If you know that you're not supposed to be checking your email or you don't want to be checking your email after 6 PM, don't check your email. The only person that's going to like bulldoze through that boundary is you. You're the one with the hands and the cell phone and the connection mm-hmm. to your inbox. Yeah. What are three boundaries that you've created in your life that have changed the game for you or made Mm. like a massive difference? Yeah. I think the boundary around, um, (sighs) posting as well, like Mm. not just posting from a place of like, I'm being influenced to post because someone else is posting and talking about their thing, but like posting because I'm inspired to post. So like, as an example today, I posted twice. Oh my goodness. I posted two posts twice. That's crazy. Mm. Um, And that's because I was inspired and it was fun and it was creative and it was playful. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's been the biggest is like really just following inspiration over influence when it comes to social media. Yeah. Yeah. With everything, let us do that. Follow inspiration over influence. Like I fucking love that. Yeah. Um, And yeah, just like checking in with yourself. Like, why am I doing this? Is Mm -hmm. it because I'm inspired to, or because like, so-and-so told me I should, um, or maybe didn't even tell me I should, but made me feel like I should. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so that's the first boundary. I think the other would be 
oh, what other boundaries have I really set with myself? I think the other would be like communication, like really being an honest communicator and having boundaries with myself as far as not, not like people pleasing people Ooh. when I have, when they've crossed a boundary or when it feels like something like isn't right anymore. So you know, just being honest about where I'm coming from and, and being compassionate and like coming from a place of love when I communicate, because it's so much, it's been previously in the past, so much easier for me to just say, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'll go along with this because I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I just had that conversation with Sophie Jaffe. We were talking about that. It's Mm -hmm. like, it is uncomfortable when you're used to wanting to keep the peace. It's uncomfortable to suddenly be radically honest and transparent, but it's not serving anyone. Yeah. I mean, and it's so powerful to see how people respond to your honesty when it comes from a place of compassion mm-hmm. and when it comes from a place of love. I mean, talk about being able to clear out the right and wrong people really mm. quickly. <laughs> yeah. And I found too, sometimes the things that I'm scared to be honest about or vocal about, like, it's not, it doesn't even matter to the other person. <laughs> like I could yeah. have just said the thing, but it's like my own, um, brain telling me like, Oh, don't rock the boat. And it's like, you could have just asked for them to like heat it up for you more. Like they wouldn't have been mad or whatever it is. Oh yeah. Literally. No, it's perfect. I'm like, (laughs) did you say that? It's not good. You didn't enjoy it. I know. It's so funny how we are in like those types of situations. I'm like, yeah, this is like not what I ordered, but, (laughs) but I'm going to eat it anyway. Thank you. This is so good. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. But I think that those also like, those are those small moments moments where we can practice for the bigger, more important things. And so I love bringing those things up because we all have those opportunities, whether it's your nails or your coffee or whatever it is. And it's like, oh, this is an opportunity for me to practice asking for what I want. Yeah. The nails is such a good example. This is the one that I I talked to (laughs) Sophie about. The saddest thing is that the girl gave me like five opportunities. She's like, how's, how are you feeling? And I'm like, great. And in my head, it was like, <laughs> You're like it's and awful. after I literally raged at myself the whole drive home, not about the nails at all. Cause I ended up liking them, but I was like, what the fuck Shayla? And then I just started laughing and I was like, dude, you could have just said something like, yeah learning experience, you know, but you're just like, it's okay. Like she even fucking asked you if you, if you were happy with them and you lied. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, oh, my friend said this to me because I was all up in my head about our convert or not our conversation, but our communication overall. And he goes, Ava, don't let me let you down in your head. Like if anything, let me let you down in real life, not in your head though. And I was like, Ooh, yeah. Like you have definitely been letting me down in my head. I haven't given you an opportunity to actually like show up or not show up. Mm. Um, So honesty, I mean, just having integrity and honesty, because I think most people do want to show up for us. Most people do want to do their best to make us happy. And it's just our programming and our attachments to what we think people want or what Mm -hmm. we think people will do that are really holding us back from deeper connection and 
better communication. Yeah. And, and actually getting what we want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I have absolutely loved this conversation. I feel like I could talk to you for another hour and a half. We've been going for so long. (laughs) This has been amazing. I will link everything down in the show notes, but I would love if you could just share where everyone can find you. And if you have anything coming up virtually or any offerings. Yes. So the Academy of, I'm not sure when this is coming out, but the Academy of breath starts on January 12th. And um, if you're interested in joining us for our certification, I would love to have you outside of that. If this episode is coming out a little bit after January 12th, totally. Okay. We also have breath work, which is a six module course really to teach you how to bring breath work and meditation into your personal practice. Um, I love that course so much. We talk about everything from how to use breath work for greater creativity, for tuning into your intuition, um, for of course, managing stress or a better night's sleep. Um, it's a really powerful course, really here to support you in creating a daily personal practice. So a lot of like what we talked about today, I was just going to say literally (laughs) everything we were talking about today, that sounds like the next step after listening to this episode. Exactly. Exactly. And we made it super accessible too, for anybody to jump in and join us. Um, So yeah, those are like the two main things that I have going on that I would love to see individuals. in. I think that's where I can make the biggest impact on your life. And um, if you are, wanting to just be in my energy. My Instagram is at Ava Johanna. I also have a podcast called The Alchemized Life, which I feel like Shayla, we need to have you on. I would Um, love that. And um, that podcast is really about our lives being alchemy and how we can turn our terrible, awful rags and trauma and all of the things that most people would look at and say, Oh, poor you into Mm. a beautiful, just like love affair with life and create magic from any of the miserable experiences that we've had. Um, so we love that. Yeah. That's on, that's on on all of the major podcasting places where you would listen. And, um, my website is academyofbreath.org. And that's a wrap on another episode of the Yoga Inspired Life podcast. I hope you got something valuable from it and feel empowered to take inspired action. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending time with me today. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I loved creating it, then please subscribe and leave a review. And if you know of anyone that would benefit from the podcast, I would love it if you would share it with them. I always say that we rise by lifting others, and this is a totally independent podcast, so every little bit of support truly means so much to me. If you're looking for more, let's connect on Instagram. You can find me at Shayla Quinn. I hope you have an amazing week. Thank you again for listening, and I'll catch you next week.